This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, August 31st. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. A financial windfall can be an opportunity to fortify your future. But let's talk about that uh, sudden financial windfall. It's not quite necessarily winning the lottery, even though that $1.2 billion uh, Mega Millions prize uh, that was sold, uh, that winning ticket was sold in Des Plaines. Uh, it has been unclaimed, but let's say you either win the lottery, you get the, you, you, you find that ticket in your pants pocket, or uh, maybe it's on the floor of your car, or you get some other unexpected financial windfall. Let's talk about uh, the ways you can spend that money wisely with Ed Jertsen, who is a certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website EngageWealthGroup.com. Ed, thanks for joining us today. Uh, a line that pops into my head, it's from a book by Dave Barry, uh, the humor columnist, it was a light mystery, and he was talking about uh, a, a guy in a band who found a uh, suitcase full of money from a drug dealer, and he spent it all in a year. But the line at the end of the ca- of the paragraph was, "But they have some stories." Uh, is there a way that you can spend your windfall uh, wisely and have more than just a couple of stories? Hey, Rob, great to be with you. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at, you know, the statistics of lottery winners of those who inherit a bunch of money, generally speaking, they do run out of money pretty quickly because they're not stewards of their money. They're they're conspicuous consumers. And so whether it's a large raise or bonus and inheritance or even lottery winnings, right? So having a plan for that money is important. And so often what we like to guide your listeners on, if you get this windfall, First and foremost, look at your tax implications. If it's an inheritance, if it's cash, it's one thing. If it comes through a retirement account, but ultimately consider how and have a plan for how you're going to spend that money and what you're going to do with it. And we're in, we talk about a windfall in terms of lottery winnings because that's just the mental image that kind of pops into everyone's head immediately. But uh, the more common windfall is you have a relative who passes away or, or uh, some member of your family who passes on and then they leave you $20,000 or $50,000 in their will. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that's that's something that you can spend on a lot of different things. And it could it doesn't even it could even be even be life changing money. Yeah. And that's a great point. So first and foremost, you don't have to be that squirrel with, you know, putting that nut in a tree, you know, splurge some do something for yourself because it's unexpected, but not all of it. So some of the things to kind of look at what to do with this money. If you find yourself in debt, you have credit card debt. What a great way to clean that slate of high interest credit card debt is use some of that money. 
Another potential use of that money is investing in a Roth IRA. So if you have wage income, you know, maximize that contribution to a Roth. Look at using this money not only for today, but also in the future. And then very quickly, I mean, inflation's on everyone's mind. Um, What is, if you do invest that windfall, what uh, kind of a rate of return are you looking for uh, to keep the growth rate ahead of inflation? Yeah, excellent, Rob. Don't leave those monies sitting in a bank account earning 0.01%. Try to maximize that. And if it's cash for a short-term goal, unfortunately, Rob, it's just cash. And you are, you can earn today anywhere between one and a half and one and three quarters on money markets, which is great. But the flip side in terms of keeping ahead with inflation, that's that's definitely long-term money, which would be the stock market. And again, Putting money into a Roth IRA or making extra contributions to your retirement account, what a great way to save for the future with that unexpected money coming in. Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website EngageWealthGroup.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Then coming up next, we have some trouble at Bed Bath & Beyond. We'll talk about that later in the program. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Bed Bath & Beyond is taking action in an effort to revive its struggling business. Let's get the latest now from Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide based in New York. Jan, thanks for joining us today. When it comes to Bed Bath & Beyond, this should be a banner time of year for them because you have a lot of students going back to college. They're stocking up on dorm room supplies. It's back to school. Um, is this still a, a, a busy time of year for Bed Bath & Beyond? Beyond and uh, what's really weighing on the business? Well, it'll still be as big a banner time as they're going to have. So, yes, they'll they'll have a decent back to school. Back to school is actually running pretty well for most people, and they'll have one too. But you know, they're a struggling business across the board. And you left out the most fun stock things. They're the most fun mean stock out there, right? It's been up twenty nine or thirty percent, down twenty nine or thirty percent, and it's all been driven by the retail investor. So that's what's been going on there. Right now, they've just secured funding to keep the place from literally going broke um, so they can do the things they need to do. They've announced they're going to close 150 stores. They've changed out the management. They're going to go to mostly branded product and move away from the private label they were doing. So they're making a lot of changes, but it's really a struggling business. And if you think about it, you know, what do you buy there that you can't buy at Target or Walmart or Amazon? And then when it comes when it comes to uh, closing uh, all of their stores, do they own their own real estate, or is this a matter of just uh, allowing the leases to run out? Well, this is probably going to be allowing leases to run out as well as um, probably terminating some leases early because they want to reduce the expense structure and they know they have too many stores. Um, they've also decided, by the way, to keep Bye Bye Baby instead of selling Bye Bye Baby, which is what they had originally talked about. So they're doing a lot of changes since they've made the management changes. But, you know, the business was struggling before they put the new management in a few years ago. It's still struggling today with the new management. It's going to be struggling for a while because, you know, the time has passed them by. I mean, when's the last time you were in a bed bath? And if you were, did it look any different than when you were there 20 years ago? Probably not. Uh, To answer your question, uh, to buy and return a humidifier, and uh, the second part of your question, no, it pretty much looked the same as it did uh, in 2010. Yeah, it pretty much did. I go in probably once a week, and yes, it hasn't changed much, even though they've gone through managements and they've 
tried to make other changes to make the business more appealing to the customer base, but it just hasn't worked. And I think the problem is the competition has just gotten so fierce. I mean, you know, remember linens and things? They didn't make it either, right? It's like the world has changed for those kind of businesses. Is the, is this simply uh, forestalling the inevitable? That's my personal opinion. I think they've been forestalling the inevitable for quite some time. And, you know, they've got, they've secured some more financing so they can continue to go. You know, it's hard to kill a retailer as long as they're buying the product and then selling the product and at least selling it for a little more than they bought it for. They can stay in business a long time, but it doesn't make them profitable, you know, as far as an attractive um, investment for most people and it does make it scary for the lenders and so you wind up getting more and more high yield lenders into the game with somebody like that and it makes it harder and harder to get your business turned around right because it, it puts constraints on you but they're doing what they can and they've been trying to turn that business for several years now and it's just been a very difficult lift and I don't see it changing in the near future or even the, the midterm Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, we will get uh, the latest on uh, not only hiring in the month of August, but uh, some comments, some curious comments about uh, the rate of interest rate hikes from the head of the Cleveland Fed. That's all on the way. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The report on private sector jobs is out. While we're hearing from the president of the Cleveland Fed, we welcome in Bob Brusca, Chief Economist with Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Let's talk about that report on private sector hiring, the ADP report, which is usually the uh, uh, comes out a couple of days before the uh, Department of Labor report on hiring for the previous month. And ADP found that uh, private payrolls grew by just 132,000 in the month of August, but uh, ADP also is uh, utilizing a different uh, methodology for uh, calculating jobs. Uh, will that play a role in how the market reacted to it today? Well, I don't know if that's going to play a role, but you know, this report now has some serious issues of credibility. When it first came out, it did a reasonably good job of tracking the, uh, the BLS report that we see on Friday. And uh, even if it didn't get the magnitudes right, it got the direction right. It was a good signal. Now, for example, it has the July gain in jobs at 268,000, whereas uh, private sector payrolls grew by 471,000. To the ADP, there was a slowdown in that month. But, of course, the BLS figures show a substantial speed up. So now this 132,000 number is the weakest number that the ADP has had since January of 2021 when payrolls declined. I don't know what to make of it, frankly. Uh, I, I frankly don't trust that the, the, the survey went way off gear. I mean, last month they didn't even issue a, a survey, so this number that we have for last month is is back backward revisions. Uh, I, I I can't put any any emphasis on it myself. Is this just a situation where there have been so many wild swings in all of the economic data since 2020, <laughs> but uh, hiring as well, uh, both as far as uh, uh, contractions were concerned two years ago and additions uh, in the last year and a half, that uh, the traditional forms of measurement no longer apply? Well, no, no. The BLS still measures jobs, and I think it's they have a good measure, and we can understand it. And they've got a household and a payroll report, and uh, it's just that this particular report, which is a private sector survey, you know, understand what they're trying to do. They are trying to mimic 
what the BLS is doing. And they actually have a bigger survey than the BLS, but they can't quite figure out what the BLS is doing. They, their survey does not behave the same. And so maybe they've got too many small businesses. Maybe they've got, you know, they know about what the BLS has. They've done what they could do to try to, try to imitate it. It just isn't working anymore. So I don't know if they have a geographical problem or an industry problem or a sampling problem. I can't figure out what it is, but they, they've got a problem. And then very quickly, uh, the Federal Reserve President of the Cleveland Fed, Loretta Mester, talking about uh, the, the, the roadmap ahead and that uh, the, the interest rate, uh, the federal funds rate could hit uh, 4% by early next year. Economic growth could be uh, below 2%. And uh, on top of that, uh, they do think they will hit their uh, uh, their inflation target. Um, more hawkish uh, discussions uh, coming out of uh, members of the uh, Fed Board of Governors. Yeah, it's about the only thing that, that they can say. I mean, they've got to endorse their targets. They're so far behind, you know. Um, I mean, several economists have pointed out, how can you have a 2% target and let inflation go to 8%? You know, how can you do that? Um, well, they did it. And now they have to live with it, and they've got to pull it back in. And there isn't any, any space for them to equivocate. They've got pressure. You know, Elizabeth Warren cautioned them about slowing down too much or crashing the economy and driving the unemployment rate higher. But, I mean, I'm sorry, just such a crass political thing. What, what did she want them to do? I mean, inflation is really high. The federal funds rate is really low. Of course they have to raise it. And, of course, there's a risk to the economy. You know, the politics are just getting terrible right now between the two parties. I'm really worried about what's going to happen between now and the election. Bob Bruska, chief economist, fact that opinion economics based in New York, still ahead in personal finance Wednesday, making investing a family affair. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station. News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Government doctors approve updated COVID 19 vaccines in hopes of curbing an expected winter surge. A flock of turkeys in Minnesota euthanized in an effort to contain the bird flu in the Midwest. Personal Finance Wednesday, bringing together the entire family to learn about investing. Also on the finance front, protecting your parents and grandparents from scammers. WBBM Business, the markets are lower once again. The Dow is down 133 points. The NASDAQ is down 32. The S&P 500 is down 13. AccuWeather says sunny and warm today, but with low humidity, a high of 85. 81 degrees right now at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, COVID boosters are getting a new formulation. The details from CBS News correspondent Linda Kenyon. The Food and Drug Administration has authorized updated boosters 
measures that directly target the most common form of the Omicron strain of COVID. Next, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention must recommend who should get the additional shot. A panel will discuss that tomorrow. And if all goes well, boosters could roll out this fall, just in time for an expected COVID surge this winter. Current COVID-19 vaccines focus only on the original strain of coronavirus. Bird flu is returned to the Midwest sooner than expected after a lull of several months. The disease has been detected in a commercial turkey flock in western Minnesota after the farm reported an increase in deaths the last weekend. All of them have been euthanized to stop the spread. It's the first confirmed outbreak of bird flu in the Midwest since an infection in Indiana was reported back on June 9th. It's 12.32. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed today. We're joined by Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Hugh, thanks for joining us today. You know, earlier this morning, it looked like they, uh, the markets were going to have their first uh, winning day in many a day, but uh, they went uh, negative once again. Um, is there anything, any one data point uh, that will just stop this sell-off? Uh, I really don't think so. I don't think so right now, but I don't think there's going to be much of a sell-off from this point forward. I think things are kind of uh, yes, on the downside, Rob, but they're slowing down a little bit. We're not getting the very deep declines that we got uh, immediately following uh, Chairman Powell's remarks last Friday. And then, of course, on, on, on Monday and Tuesday, where, they, where the declines were much more significant. And I think that says that we're getting close to the end of the sell-off, or more specifically, I think, in both the bond market and the stock market, I think the markets have generally reflected um, really discounted, I guess is the right word, uh, the worst that's coming from the Federal Reserve. Yes, the Federal Reserve is going to be tougher. They're going to raise rates probably a little bit more than we'd expect it. Yes, they're going to keep interest rates higher for longer. But I think the markets have, have, have now see that and have pretty much discounted or adjusted to that. And what remains to be seen is if the Fed is going to indeed go further than we currently are discounting or expect. This is a situation for investors, and this has been the case for the last uh, over a year now. It's uh, pick your poison. Uh, you either have to deal with persistent inflation and prices going up uh, all over the place and the economic disruption that comes from that, or you have to deal with higher interest rates, and uh, that's a situation where borrowing costs go up and the costs of doing business go up. And it's a, you, know, you have two opportunities. The Federal Reserve has two options to pursue, and as far as investors are concerned, both of them are bad. Yeah, it's it's really a bad, a tough situation. I might add, though, importantly, and I think this is really important, and that is that, yes, inflation has been troubling. It's very difficult to deal with. Everybody that's a consumer certainly knows that. But I think if you take into consideration the July inflation numbers, and then next week, not this week, but next week we'll start to see the numbers for August, and we're going to see very modest inflation numbers. So, yes, on a year-over-year basis, the numbers are still pretty high and troubling. But if you take a look at the July and the August numbers, you're going to see that the month-to-month change inflation is going to start to come down. And the question is, okay, you're at the Federal Reserve. What do you do when you start to see numbers get a little bit better on the inflation side of things? Do you become a little less hawkish or aggressive? That's what they should do. But unfortunately, what they're saying is 
they're not going to do it. It's too early to do that. So we're going to be faced with inflation, which a couple of better numbers looks like they're starting to come down. And at the same time, we're going to be looking at higher interest rates or interest rates that are going to make life very difficult, for, particularly for those that are trying to buy a home and are faced with high mortgage payments. And then very quickly, this discussion about higher interest rates impacting the economy does have one unintended consequence on the good side, and that is it has caused the price of gasoline and the price of oil uh, to, I don't want to say collapse, but go down precipitously since the beginning of June. Yes, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. The rate of inflation is, in large part, because of the decline that we've seen in gasoline prices coming down. But it's also, it's broader than that. You can look at food prices and food prices also coming down. And some of this, of course, is related to the problems in Ukraine, the Ukraine-Russia fight. But at the same time, we are seeing some improvement on the price side of things. And some of that, a big part of that, is due to a decline in gasoline prices. That's the sign that I'm looking for or have been looking for that suggests that maybe, just maybe, we'll get better inflation news. And just maybe the Federal Reserve will respond to that better inflation news by, I don't want to say take their foot off the brake, but tap it a little bit less hard. Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, an all-in-the-family approach to financial education. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. One effective way to educate kids about money and investing is to make it a family affair. Let's get some help from Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers based in Chicago. You'll find his blog at blueworldam.com. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you are in the car and you're listening to the Noon Business Hour, you're hearing about uh, uh, you know markets are rising and falling, uh, P.E. ratios and uh, different ways of valuing stock. And if you don't know the language, it is almost incomprehensible. And one way to uh, make you a better listener to this program and also just a more financially well-rounded person is to start a family investing club. Well, and you hit the nail right on the head. The key is the language. Or the, when it comes to investing, uh, the math is simple. It's arithmetic and, and not much worse than that. It's the language that matters. It, it, the language is the key to being able to navigate these things. And my wife, uh, having been an estate planner and me a business consultant, we worked together uh, on a lot of families that had uh, uh, built small to mid-sized businesses. If there is one failing we saw more than any other, uh, it was the lack of a plan to teach the next generation how the business is run, how wealth was built, how wealth is grown. And because of that, you, you have generations of, of the kids coming up behind that find themselves in charge of wealth and they have no idea how to manage it. So the whole concept between our investment club and, and when we help others form family investment clubs is all about that, teaching them the language, teaching them the procedures, and making sure that they know how it's built, how to preserve it, and you know, really, most importantly, how not to lose it. 
And we, we've talked about this idea uh, in the past and the various things that you can learn outside of just the nuts and bolts of investing uh, over the course of time and over the course of your life. And one way in which a family investing club with your children can be really beneficial to them down the road is when they do enter the working world and they start to, they have to navigate uh, benefits and retirement plans offered by their employer, uh, that they are a much uh, more knowledgeable and savvier uh, employee when they're making those choices compared to uh, if you didn't have that uh, background going into it. Oh, there's no question. It's very, very difficult to make informed or intelligent decisions on all of the things that, that come with an offer for employment if you don't already have that knowledge and background, that's that is, of course, the Family Investment Club. It, it has benefits that are far broader than just stocks and bonds, uh, and, and it goes to areas like you're describing. And then, very quickly, you know, you're listening to the segment right now, and you want to, you know, kick the tires on this concept. I mean, you have kids who are uh, maybe of an age of which uh, they'll, they'll they kind of understand what's going on. You want to take that understanding to a next level. What's the first thing you should do uh, to start a family investing club? Well, the first thing to do is get the family together, sit them down, and float the idea. Uh, see who is interested in it. Now, if the kids are very young, that might just be mom and dad talking about it. But if the kids are, you know, even sixth, seventh, eighth grade, bring them in on it. I, the, the first thing is, is to float it by the family and see if they're interested. If they are, then there are additional steps you can take to make it a reality. Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. You can find his blog at blueworldam.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, helping parents and grandparents avoid financial scammers. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Criminals often target older, more vulnerable individuals when running financial scams. Let's find out what can be done to keep your parents and grandparents safe. We welcome in Jerry Ur- Irvine, the CIO of Prescient Solutions based in Chicago. Jerry, thank you for joining us today. When it comes to uh, scammers preying on older people, uh, what is the most common form of reaching them? Is it still the phone call or are they increasingly uh, done online via junk email or social media prompts? It's it's typically phone calls to the older uh, you know, grandparents and parents of the, the people that are traveling. Um, but w- the way they get that information is generally via social media, right? So if somebody goes on a vacation and, uh, and they start posting all of the information where they at, and, and then the hacker gets on their, their Facebook or their account and sees who they're connected to. They see parents, they see grandparents, and then they look online to see where the grandparents live and how do they get that information. So now they've just given the, the hacker the ability to know exactly where they're at, what they're doing, and and that they're out of the country, and then they go right to the grandparents and hit them up for money. Now, do they uh, these scammers? You know, if they're if they're sussing out all of the de- these details about your life and your relatives and where they are on vacation, 
Um, do they also know, or are they more likely to hit somebody who they know lives alone, uh, that a spouse may have passed away, um, and that that might be an easier person to reach than somebody who's married and has, uh, you know, a more active social life? Uh, yeah, I think they target the the elderly in general, um, and and I mean obviously it, it, that that shows in the numbers, right? About six and a half million dollars worth of, of money was victimized from grandparents in the last you know year or so. So it's it's they're going after the older folks in in the uh, in your group, and and really the only way to protect yourself is by protecting yourself on social media. First thing you got to do in in Facebook is go to your security settings and don't allow everybody in the world to see your information, right? You can only you can choose to only allow your friends, not friends of friends, but only your friends, so they can see your information and nobody else w- would be able to see it. Um, but even that gives your you know if your friends are hacked, gives them the information uh, where burglars can go in and, and and criminals can go in and get them. So it's really better for you uh, to first off turn off geolocation on your on your camera. Don't have it uh, tell everybody where you're at. Um, you know, just just turn it off in your iPhone or your Android phone so that the, the location isn't shown. And the other thing is, take all your pictures, do everything you want, but post them when you get home. Don't post them while you're gone because that's when the the hackers know uh, that you're going to be there. But even that. If you post the week before, I'm going to Mexico for two weeks, and then you don't post your pictures, they already know you're in Mexico, whether you post or not. So don't give your information out. Tell your information after you've left, after you've come, you know, come back home, and and you know keep that information to yourself because it's just uh, it's just too dangerous today. They're say, uh, suggesting that over 75% of burglars and hack- hackers uh, are using social media to to get into people's accounts. Uh, things like Foursquare, where you check in, or Facebook, where you check in at all these sites, uh, it's it's just a uh, uh, a recipe for disaster. Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions, based in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at wbbmnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.